Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Coming to you live all the way from South Africa, the one and only, the woman I hope to be one day, my <laughs> doppelganger in yellow, Sabrina. Elba, everybody. Nice to meet you. Okay, first and foremost, nice to meet you too. We've briefly met. Where? When? I'm going to tell you where. But okay. before I tell you tell where, me everybody out really there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember. Everybody out there, I just want to give you guys some context. There are three things in pop culture that I can remember where I was when I found these things out or when I was experiencing them. One was uh -huh. Y2K. Do you remember Fair where you enough. were? I do too. I do too. I remember where I, I was. was. At home. I remember <laughs> yeah. where I was when Whitney died. Absolutely. And the third thing I remember was where I was when I got the news that Idris Elba was off the market. <laughs> okay? Stop. I remember my friend calling me because oh, we shared Miss like a thing. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I know where you men, I you remember were on where black I was. Twitter. That's where you were. I was on black Twitter <laughs> trying to figure out who you were. And first, first Google search, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, baby girl got it. Never mind. She can, oh, can take it. Oh my goodness. All right. I'll, I'll take it. That. Um, that's so funny. I remember where I was for that too. So <laughs> I see we have a lot in common. First of all, what was it like? Because you were, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to discredit anybody. This woman is well accomplished. She was a TV host. She had a name on social media before any of all of this, but to get thrusted into this you know, stratosphere so quickly and be polarizing almost because half the people loved you and half the people hated you because you were taking their mans. What was that experience like? <laughs> okay, first of all, it was crazy. I mean, not at first. At first we were building this beautiful uh, relationship. And then when it got out there, I was like, okay, people are way more interested than I thought they would be in me. Now that we're married, we've obviously reached a place where it feels like yeah, it's just a part of his life and now it's part of mine and it's something you get used to because you get a, you know a lot of positives as well with the negatives people always ask me oh it must be so negative and, da, da, da. and it's like no there's so many great things you know that happen in opportunities and and to be able to be a black woman with a platform and to be able to talk about things that i really want to talk about now i mean you know those to me are positives no for sure and we're going to get to couple them because you know I have an on again, off again relationship with Audible. I love it. I really do. I love it, but I was losing <laughs> my social life because I listened to books all day. And we're going to get to the podcast. Oh, you're, oh, you're an audio 
audiobook person. I like that. Oh, I'm a deep audiobook person. Mm. And mm. I'm so much of an audiobook deep. person that I have to buy the hard books to like put in my house so I can show people that I read, but I never open them because I yeah. always listen to them. I'm actually the same way, but I think there's a bit of a like, I just want to have the books. Like, I just want to touch them, feel hardcover, but I'm just getting onto audiobooks because I don't actually, I feel like I get through the book faster when I'm listening to it. Otherwise, lately, 9 p.m., I'm looking at a page and then two pages and I'm, I'm asleep. So <laughs> yeah, Same thing. And I often yeah. feel like, which is so crazy because when you're doing things like watching TV, you're usually on your phone. But for some reason, yeah. when I'm listening to a book on my phone, I'm completely into it and I'm not looking at anything else. Good for you. That's great. Because I think that says a lot about your attention span, which for a lot of people is difficult these days. Apps like Instagram and Snapchat, you know, it's meant for us to get like ADD and just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So that's really good that you're, that you're able to do that. Not everyone can do that. I also keep my phone at home during dinner. Like for the last two years, I've never brought my phone to dinner. I really? just think it's, I, really? I don't do it. I never. do not do it. It's, it stays in my car. Power if I mistakenly... You. If I mistakenly okay. bring it in, I turn it off. I just, I feel like if I'm at dinner, I need to be present with the people that I'm with. And it was hard at first, but it was the best yeah. New Year's resolution I ever made. Oh, I wish I could do that. I work off my phone. Also, I have two brothers and two sisters that I feel like are my children that I'm like always worried about. So I'm just always like, oh, are they okay? And I want to do that. I really want to do that. No, you should Power do that. You're just all around impressive. <laughs> no, I think you're impressive. I think you are uh, the bee's knees. We, and I've... We can just hang out more if you want, you know. We, we just... need to. Are you in London? <laughs> Cape Town right now, but I live in London. I'm based in London, yeah. The first time I ever met you briefly, it was okay. the Hobbs and Shaw premiere. You wore this badass silver dress. Like, I remember you wearing this, like, badass silver dress. And it was interesting to me because when you're at these premieres, you know, Jason Statham came up and some other actors came up. And at these premieres, not this specific premiere, the wife is always in the back and she's always like, oh, this again, like we have to wait here while you do all of these. <laughs> and for the first time in a long time, you were standing there and you were like, your energy was like, this is great. Like, I'm I'm here for him. Like, yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, that Alberta Ferretti gown, that to you. Okay, that's how I felt in that dress. I was like, look at me. But you know, it's funny that you say that because it was a, it's a growing process. It's, it's like, I don't know if that's what you're saying, you know, particularly, but it definitely is a process. I remember at first I used to be like, you know what? I don't really care. Like, I just want to go to support you, babe. I want, and actually I want to watch the movie. And, you know, I'm, I didn't put too much thought maybe into my outfit or whatever, but I realized, you know, actually that's kind of the fun bit. <laughs> it's like, yes. let me just let me just walk carpet. All right. So I feel like I'm slowly getting better at it. And, and I actually find that really fun now. Whereas before, I think it was so intimidating that I was kind of just as a defense mechanism being like, ah, I don't really care, you know, but now oh, I'm for like, sure. you know what? Own it. If you got to do it, own it. Right. Own it. Oh, cause we don't want to come off as like bothered. Yeah. Like we're so like, Oh, I'm unbothered by this. Like to me, you're just itty. Like, mm -mm, totally. no, no, no. Was it true it was that natural, you like defense mechanism for people, you know? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Is it true that you guys met in a jazz bar? We did meet at a jazz bar. It's called Slow Jam Sundays. It's a once a month party that happened in Vancouver at the time that I was living there. And they only play jams, like I'm talking like classics, right? So I'm in there like grooving and vibing and singing because everybody is singing. And we see this guy and I'm like at a girlfriend's birthday party, you know, so we're all hanging out. And actually funny enough, 
one of my girlfriends was like, who's that guy? Let's go up to him. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm trying to wingman. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, oh, no. we go up. And I'm like, you know what? Get your life, girl. So we're going up and we're talking to him. I leave. She comes up to me. She's like, look, he won't stop talking about you. And then I'm like, no. Uh, excuse me, that's wrong. I'm trying to be a good friend and whatever. She was yeah. like, shut the hell up. Go over there and talk to him. We were talking about you. And I was like, okay. And obviously at first you're like, oh, this is, you know, this guy's not going to really me. I mean, this, he is who he is or whatever. But he, we had the best conversation. We talked all night, uh, <gasps> all next day. And we were like in, inseparable after that. Yeah, it's, I know, people are always like, you met at a jazz bar, but that's how a lot of people meet, right? You meet out. Yeah, a lot of people meet out at a jazz bar. Not a lot of people meet Idris Elba at a jazz bar, okay? <laughs> like, Touche. And by the way, that birthday girl could have turned 40, gave birth to an alien, had that thing drive a limousine out of her coochie. Nobody would have cared that night because everybody was trying to figure out if you were going home with Idris and Elba. <laughs> Oh my God, shout out to Molly and Claire. I often wonder, because when we had this conversation about having you on, I had knew about Coupledom already, and I'd already had a sense of who you were as a person and that you, got, you had already had a life and a career before all of this. Do you feel like being with somebody like Idris, you have to remind people that you are an individual and you have going on? Mm -hmm. Or do you just like let it slide? You know, I, I think that's just, you know, again, that's just like a natural kind of human feeling. I mean, like I'm human and like everybody else. And I think, you know, you start sort of overthinking what other people might be thinking or trying to justify your relationship. And early on, Idris told me, you know, do not read what people say. Do like the Internet's a toxic place. And it very much is. Uh, and I took that on seriously and I started living from, you know, myself and not, not feeling like I have to justify my relationship. I know that what I have at home is amazing and beautiful and it's something that I cherish and take care of. It's not necessarily for other people to, uh, you know, speak on or talk about. Yeah. It's, it's something that we both value. But at the same time, you know, we're trying to get used to the idea of exploring that relationship openly. And that's one of the reasons we started the podcast, because we thought it's such a beautiful journey for people to go on when they're getting a relationship or starting a business partnership or, or, you know, they meet a new friend to talk about with other people what that's like. So we were like, okay, you know what? We're newlyweds. We want to learn and grow just like everybody else, but we want to do it in a space where we feel like we can own it. Let's take people with us. Let's talk to other people who have done it. Let's see what they yes. have to say. And hopefully people can come and listen and learn and feel like they're somewhat more informed, maybe, but also inspired. And what I love about Coupledom, first of all, I hate there's there's only six episodes because you run out really quickly. So first, like, let me just start <laughs> yeah. off with what I hate about it. It's I only know. six episodes. <laughs> and the other thing that I, like, I really love about it on the flip side is that you don't stick to traditional relationships. Like I thought couple of them was going to be about, you know, people who had got married in unconventional ways and da 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 da. But really it's this yeah. this talk of partnership in so many different dynamics. And one of my favorites is Ben and Jerry because you know, I always thought Ben and Jerry were a company and they had a thousand employees from the beginning and they just shoved it down your face. But the story about right? Ben and Jerry is so interesting. So interesting. It's actually my favorite episode that we did for sure, because how they get their values and their ethics to a business that they founded ground up. And even when it's sold, kept it that way as us as new business, you know, um, entrepreneurs, we want to make sure that that leads through to our business too. all the things that we care about. We want to make sure that people can see that at the forefront. I didn't expect them to be so funny. I was like, oh, was my, I wish we had a blooper reel of that episode. Like, 
I'm telling you, I was just like laughing the whole time. And like, that's, I was actually like trying to interview. I'm trying to do what you're doing. And I was spending the whole time laughing. Like they were great. I love it. So that's a great opportunity for us to learn and grow ourselves. Like, I mean, the, the, the learnings I took away from that episode, I feel like, damn, why didn't we do this sooner? There's a few episodes that I'm, I'm wondering about. The first is what's the one thing that you took from Ben and Jerry? that you are like, I'm gonna apply that to my life. Absolutely, that if you believe in something, that's that's what matters. You need to push what you believe in and, and you need to fight for what's right, whether it be about protecting you know, that bottom line, like business is changing. People are going, growing savvy to the fact that businesses can speak to something and not worry about losing their consumers. And I think I just that just really stuck with me because the world is changing so much. People really want to speak up and, and fight for what's right. We saw that so much yeah. last. So those were notes that just that just really appealed to me from them. And I, I thought they were really amazing in that sense. I loved it. What yeah. about Christian Louboutin and Mika? Because, oh, you know, they're I have a big so on interesting. Did you really? Oh, my God. Oh, get it, he's cute. <laughs> Everyone's going to love today. Going to love today came out. I was like, damn, this dude is hot. Oh. Yeah, and he's he's so insightful, isn't he? Like, I mean, yes. he we were captivated that whole episode just listening to him. Christian is a really good friend of ours, and we had just met Meek on that on that conversation. And I was so impressed with the the eloquence of his of you know his knowledge and the way he spoke about things that he believed in. He was so great. But the way that they spun it for me in that episode, they made me realize a typical maybe pop culture definition of a muse is something that actually can be a little bit degrading to a woman. You know, yeah. this kind of like symbolism that that you know maybe a woman has to be a subject of art for for another figure yes. or something and i actually hadn't ever thought about it like that so to hear christian put it that way i was like oh wow so he was like look i don't believe in muses but how mika fulfills that for me because mika um maybe i shouldn't give it away but listen to the episode i, I won't i won't give too much more away about uh, how they're connected in a partnership <laughs> oh my god you guys listen to the episode and i just i just love that christian loves to torture women like i feel like women right? pay twelve hundred dollars to walk in like torture chambers but they look good <laughs> When Mika goes, yeah, I wanted comfortable shoes, so I talked to Christian. <laughs> I was like, oh, say what? <laughs> right? Um, and Christian will very proudly say that he doesn't want anyone to ever say his shoes look comfortable. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the compliment that he's looking for. You know, his shoes look fierce. They look sad. I, I've never tried the male shoes, so you have to speak to that. Like, you know, I can't, I can't say anything on that. Oh, I lost my my tenth toe about three years ago wearing the loafers <laughs> at an Academy Awards. True story. True story. One of the funnest yeah. parties I've ever been to was a Golden Globes after party at Delilah. It was like pre-COVID 2018. Yeah. I had to be at work at 530 in the days. morning. The good old days. I was having so much fun. I left my shoes under a booth there at 3.30 in the morning and they were Christian Louboutin and I got to work and I was like, don't have the Christians, take them out of my paycheck because that's how much fun I had. Ooh, I remember, I have an embarrassing Christian Louboutin story. Actually, this is really, like, I would never do this. It's so, that's why I'm embarrassing. I was like, why did I do this? Because I was on a date once and I was wearing these sexy ass lubes and I felt so fierce. And this is back in the day when, you, you know, I would save like my whole paycheck to go get you know, yes. a pair, a pair of loops, oh, right? And my first pair was a pair of silk cakes. I loved them so much. And I saw on this date that they were scratching. <gasps> and something in my head went, this guy is scratching these lubes over. And I took them off. Oh. And I walked back to the cab 
with the shoes off because I was like, I don't want to waste these shoes on him because I didn't have such a great day. I was like, damn, like, what was I thinking? Like, they're just, you know, what? they're shoes, but. No, 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 no. It's, no, but it's so true. It's, you have to have that in your mind. Like, was it, when you get to be yeah. like 30 something, I know you're young and happy to see you. Oh yeah, you know, you cute, you're cute 31. <laughs> I'm actually Best, 33. It's so funny. Best That's year of my life. Genetic. I'm 33 as well. When were Wait, you born? Well, what, what month? I'm a Gemini. I'm June. Ooh, we get along. I'm a Scorpio. I'm November. When you're <laughs> yeah. 33, there's something that changes in you and you're like, is this going to be worth the effort for me to go out on a date and Absolutely. do my hair and put on and take a shower and shave these legs? Like, is this dude going to is it worth it? Like, it's one of those things. Like, in your 20s, you just go out to go out and be fly. But in your 30s, you really start thinking about it. Ain't that true? That's so true. I think for me, it even happened a bit earlier. Like, I want to say at 25, I kind of started. And, you know, I think it's a cultural thing. You know, marriage is a thing. Like, it happens yes. right away. <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, we don't linger on the subject. We just get it done. Um. So for me, I think having that cultural background, I just wanted to kind of make sure that I, I, I was time or, you know, I was really looking and making smart decisions and informed decisions about, you know, my life. And that's what people should be doing. I think, you know, make your mistakes when you're young. But at some point, you really need to start looking out for yourself, looking out for what's best for you and and your your mental health, you know, your, how you feel about yourself, because a, a bad date will just make you feel not good. <laughs> oh, my God. It will throw you off. And what's yeah. your background, by the way? I'm Somali Canadian. I was born in Canada. My parents are Somali. So we have I, I'm a Muslim. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, religious and cultural aspects there that push marriage on you a lot faster than it's necessary. 100%. And I, yeah. I wonder this being, because you met Idris, you met your husband at around 28-ish. Am I, am I wrong about that? I was 27. You're 27. And yeah. usually in your culture, that's four years after prime time. Like most people are married at 23, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, my mom was like, I had four kids by your age. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever Thank feel you. <laughs> like, did you ever feel like at 27 years old, were you like, I think I'm just going to give in and like and, and do this marriage thing because that's what I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? Was there, were there ever those moments where you were just going to do what your family wanted? Oh, definitely. That was in the back of my mind. Like, I mean, everyone wants to make their mom happy. I want to make my mom happy. But the actual, actually the opposite happened. I think because Idris was Idris, my family was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> you know, do your thing. Take, take your time. <laughs> but don't f it up. Yeah. I was like, thanks. Actually, my mom and Idris really get along. She loves him to bits and I love his mom. So we're really lucky that our families like merge so easy because, you know, that's not always the case for everybody. My family's East African. His family's West African. It's a party when we get together. Oh, it's a party. So oh, ooh, that it's wedding must have been off the chain for everybody. It must have been crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was a year of planning that almost made me pull my hair out because it was, it was quite a big wedding and really you kind of realize at the point that you're at the altar you're like you know what this was for everybody else i'm so happy that everybody else had fun because that, that's that energy you want to just make everyone around you happy and yeah it was so beautiful we got our moment and it felt so good but yeah i'm so happy that everybody that they had such a great time ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now, you and I, again, we're kindred spirits because I like an older man. I will not date a man until he has a little SMP in that beard. I want a man who has lived through life. <laughs> I want a man who has a credit score, a FICO. He's got a 401k and he knows what he wants in life. But a lot of times I find that when you date an older man, bad habits are hard to break because they're stuck in their damn ways. Yeah, you know? tell it. That's true. That's true. I think if you're going to seriously consider being with someone, you know, these are decisions you need to make upfront because of that very thing. You know, you're never going to change someone. Don't ever think that yeah. because people are who they are and you shouldn't want to change someone either. I think you should want to watch them change and grow as they do naturally. I don't think you should ever force that on someone. But I think, you know, managers just got along so well. All our values are connected. You know, we have the same interests. We have the same comedy sense. Like it, just so many things aligned that I didn't really feel like that. Obviously, Every relationship has things where you're like, oh, you, you kind of wish you could like nitpick and make your yeah. perfect list. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you got to love for the reasons you don't like them as well. So, you, you know, you got to love the whole picture. Oh, now you're you making me sound like I'm some kind of like relationship guru. I am. <laughs> no, I mean, you did it, girl. You t you tamed the beast. Like you are like you are Grindelwald, honey. You tamed the fantastic beast. I thought my, I was like my whole life I was like I'm gonna be like Idris bitch I'm gonna be like 50 something chilling like George Clooney like not dating <laughs> not marrying and then woof you came in and was like nope not only am I gonna date him for a year I'm gonna get engaged at his movie for a year and then married a year later like you you were in the fast track it just goes to show I think you know when it's meant to happen it's meant to happen and that goes for everyone it doesn't matter who you are so if you find your one, they're your one. I also find that you are an independent person who is not willing to like, yes, we will compromise in a relationship. And if I need to take a yeah. step back because you are gone for six months and you need me to be around because you're doing something important, we can do that. But yeah, you're an independent thinker and you are also so sufficient. Like, I think people lose that in a relationship because some men want them to give that up secretly they don't mm. but they try mm. to force that on you and when the minute you give up on it and the minute you let that go and you just be like okay i'm here for you all the time that's when they're like oh this is i don't want that actually how hard was it for you to keep and like be like oh that person that, like i'm self-sufficient i don't need you but i need oh you God. That is so me. Like, I love my independence. I love, you know, I would never want to lose that. But actually, I'm, I'm quite thankful that in our religious pushes for that, he's like, you know, always looking for ways to support whatever career path I want to take or whatever dream I have. I don't find that I'm trying to struggle with the, uh, you know, balance of being pleasing yeah. someone for for their to follow them on their career and in fact we found ways to so we can spend more time together and and build you know generational wealth because that's something that we want to do and we're, we're forward thinking about our, our family in the future and stuff but i feel like you're speaking from a personal space do we do we need to talk about something what happened i'm gonna be honest with you i feel like okay we both showed up in yellow we're both 33. I feel like yeah. we both, like, I look like a young interest. I just feel like there's so many connections here. <laughs> I was like, let me fight him. Where is he? <laughs> 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 oh, 
again. <laughs> I've been I, in a relationship like that. And I feel like that's a very dangerous place to actually be in because your independence is the most important thing that you can have because it's the best you can grow together. So, uh, you know, that would be my advice to my younger self is don't ever lose that. Yeah. And I've, I mean, look, my last relationship, I thought I wanted to be the person that that person wanted or needed. And, you know, mm. I dimmed my own light and I changed my personality. I tweaked myself a little bit, not too much. Like I didn't get the full body overhaul, mm -hmm. but I got some tweaks here and yeah. there in the personality. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I was more upset with myself. I wasn't upset with him for breaking my heart. I was more upset that I didn't give him or myself a chance to be me in that relationship. Right. I, I wasn't, I, I look back and I think to myself, like, why were you so willing to give up yourself and give up your independence and give up, you know, things and work your life around yeah. this person who was not working half that hard for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You had to kind of get out of it to look back and see that. And sometimes you have to think about that as a learning experience. That was something you needed to go through so that you could realize that so that it doesn't happen in the future. And, th and then that's how I look at, you know, the previous times where I felt like that because everybody felt like that at some point. You, you do too much, you you give too much and you feel like it's not reciprocated in the right way. I'm not yeah. about that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. 100%. We have moved on. We have grown. Relationships need to be 50-50. You need to come together. Both people need to give uh, as much as they take. But Which is so interesting to hear you say because there's a stereotype in the Muslim religion and in the communities that practice that religion. The man is all and the woman is subservient. And you kind of sort of see that in movies and you see it in TV and mm. you read about it. Mm. A, is that true? And B, was it hard to, if it is true, was it hard to break that mold and not fall into the same categories as the people that came before you? Mm. I think it depends on who you're talking to, to be honest. I think, and I don't want to ever talk down if that's somebody's decision. Like my yeah. mom, you know, was a, was a housewife and very proudly so wanted to raise her children no, and gave 100%. up so much so much for us, right? To be able to have our education. And, you know, I wouldn't have graduated if my mom didn't put in the hours that she did um, at home, helping us, tutoring us after class yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. And, and we actually talk about that on one of the episodes, you know, and for her, it's a big sacrifice. So power to women who want to do that. But I think we should never be looking to, to stereotypes to dictate, or, you know, who we need to be. And, you know, sometimes family pressure can be overwhelming, but you should never be looking to that either. You should always do what feels right and, you know, what feels right for your future. So yeah, I'm a lot of women who might have some regrets and I'm sure there's a lot of women who are like, you know what, I did this the right way and I did it the way I wanted to do. So it's such a personal thing. You got to figure out what's right for yourself. 100%. I, I mm. honestly, I'm trying to get this life in my thirties and forties. Like I am dying to do everything. <laughs> I want to host everything. Bitch. I want to be in a movie. I want to pose naked for GQ. Like I want to do all of it. Okay. <laughs> like I'm trying to get it all out the way now. Like, Oh yeah. You want to see my ass cheeks? Yes. And I want to do it all. So when the day comes and you know, they're like, yo, you're about to have two kids. It's happening. I <laughs> want to be able to live to say I live that life so I can give that up for some time and and do what your mother did and do yeah. what a lot of mothers did and said that mm -hmm. they devoted their time by choice to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. do this and raise kids. Now, granted, my man gonna need to be some generational wealth, as you say. <laughs> 
but but that you can build together and how amazing would that be right to to put your children like i mean look i'm i'm first generation canadian you know of immigrants we're always thinking like that our parents struggled so much to to get us to where we are we want to build generational wealth so that you know our children don't feel the same that that's always at the forefront of my mind i'm always forward thinking and it's probably a residue of my mom's you know um upbringing and that's something that she blesses that you know children are so important and it's it's a beautiful way to to carry on your legacy and to carry on your your beliefs and your family and your you know i mean i don't need to talk about how amazing children are <laughs> maybe well, I have so you're fever. doing it you're doing it <laughs> like you you have committed to two children three children are you going to do one i mean you have to give me some podcast advice after this because you've gotten so much out of me that i <laughs> no you're right i did your baby fever and i think there was a lot of pressure also culturally again to have kids yeah very quickly and I just wanted to make sure that I took my time and, you know, I, I had come from a point where, you know, I just deferred from law school and I was like, okay, is that the career path that I want to take? Do I want to go back and do something else? And I was like, I need to figure out what I want to do, where I want to go before I settle down and, you know, on that side of things. So not yet, but I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm looking at other people's babies like, oh, like, like literally my ovaries. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm the worst. Like, it just is... It's so terrible because I'm like, hey, while you're cooking that one, you want to just jump one of those in the oven for me? Like, I mean, you're doing it already. That's, <laughs> that's what I think about people. I said that like, too. I'm, I had this conversation with all my siblings. I was like, can one of you just do it before I do it so that I can <laughs> sit and hold off? And they're just all like, you go first. I'm like, ah, like I feel that. I feel that 100%. I realized, sorry, I'm talking with a bit of a lisp. I just got like Invisalign again. And I just took I mine out. To oh lisp, my God, so I just <laughs> took mine out. I literally just Dangerous took mine out to talk to you. This is weird. I should have taken it really out to weird. talk to you. And we're both in no, yellow. No, no, keep like it in. It's, it's strange. Both in it's yellow like Invisalign. Strange. It's strange. Yes, and we both love Idris Elba. It's fine, it's fine. We're just the same person. I feel like we have uh, other things in common. That we're not. I do on. too. What's your favorite no, movie? We're gonna steal Magnolias. Okay, we're not. We're not kidding. <laughs> 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 no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm boring. I'm a sci-fi nerd. I was hoping you'd be like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or, or no, Harry no, Potter. No, 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 no. What's okay? the saddest moment in all seven films of Harry Potter? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me write it down. Let me write it down so you can guess it. Hold on, hold on. Wait. Okay. But I feel what like... is this? What is the saddest moment? in the whole Harry Potter franchise. And if you I, get this, if you guess okay, what, what I, guess, I get, okay. I'm flying to Canada tomorrow. <laughs> no, you ain't. <laughs> I will fly to Canada before the end of September and we are going to hang out. I will literally take, I will fly okay. in for one day and take you to dinner. What is the saddest moment in Harry Potter? Please read my mind. I feel like it's when Dumbledore died. Close. Second guess. Oh get my gosh. Second guess. Oh, what are you get thinking three. of? You get three. Think about that. it. I get Ooh, think long and hard. Um, okay, when Sirius Black died. Oh my God, you're so close. You're oh my like, gosh. How can it get any more sad than that? Okay. Come on. Come on. Oh my God. Now I have like, I'm nervous. I'm going to get it right. Okay. Hold on. So you're in the right, like you're on the right side of like the end so of the franchise. So it has to do with death? Yes. Yes. Who dies and you were like, damn, that hurt more than it should have. The cup? At the cup? No, uh, Cedric. No, Cedric. No, it's not it's Cedric. When, it's when Dobby dies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you were the underdog lover. That's, I was like, is he really that, that Cedric? 
Oh my goodness. I w I'm sorry I didn't get that. Dumbledore's death is a little bit more dramatic than Dobby's, no? Oh, please. When Dobby died, I will walk out the movie every time and go collect myself if I'm in front of a dude. <laughs> but fair enough. His character was so beautiful, especially with the whole sock thing. Like, I was just, I was in, come on, I get it. And by the way, hold on. I'm not letting you go anywhere until you tell me oh. how stinky that chapel was for Megan's wedding because it looked like it was musty. It wasn't. It was cold because there was so much air and space. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't realize like the walk to would be on camera and like I thought just inside the chapel we're like walking under we see fans I'm like hey, da, da, da. like you know like I was like I would have done more of a strut or something <laughs> oh no no you were good oh you were good I remember you walking oh, in you had like a Gucci ish it was like oh, a I got my Gucci on it was so, it was fly too I, I was like it. yeah she's fly oh, and then when Gucci calls and says yeah come in and have whatever you want I was like okay I'm just gonna take the whole thing I'll take the bag I'll take the shoes I'll take I'll get my life. <laughs> By the way, like yeah. I grew up in the South and like a black wedding in the South is a mother <laughs> production and it's so much fun. And, you know, I've been totally. to an African wedding and it's like all these traditions and the dancing and it's crazy. And you finally see like your friend's parents drunk for the first time. And it's like all these things. And what yeah. was the contrast? Like it was so, it must've been so crazy watching this such proper, well-mannered scenario because I know a year earlier, y'all had a blowout. Oh, the same time, the same night. We had the after, after party that what you know was for them and it was great it was like the best party ever it was so fun they got down idris actually dj'd i saw him at coachella no, they, they, they got the shoes. best lives best lives <laughs> before i let you go there's one other thing i need to talk to you about and <gasps> what is it coronavirus happened we didn't know anything oh, yeah. about it and we knew it was deadly we knew you didn't want to get it we knew the world was shutting down and you're a newlywed your man gets it and I'm watching Contagion. Meanwhile, I'm flipping on CNN. I'm back to Contagion. <laughs> I'm back to CNN. And you are sitting next to your man and you are holding him down. Girl, I would have been in Stressed. every hazmat suit. Like that man, that man would have been in a yurt outside <laughs> getting fresh air, girl. What was going through your mind when all that was happening? Oh my, what was going through mind is if he has it, I have it. Like, you know, we were together right before he flew out. Like I was just two days after him. So I was like, listen, I'm there. Like, I'm not, I'm not about to leave you. And I had just flown in that day that he had tested. So we didn't actually get the results till the next morning. So not only was I with him when he thought maybe he was going through it, but by the time he got the results, we're already in the same house. And then I think at that point, I would have had to quarantine technically anyway. And I thought it so funny yeah. that people made it this whole thing like, oh my God, I can't believe she stood by him. She should have da 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 da. And I'm like, first of all, uh, listen, I might have given it to him. Who knows uh, from the way that we had been going. And I was in <laughs> Fashion Week uh, just before. So I was like, oh my God, it totally could have been me that gave it to him. So that's funny. I mean, I want to say that. Regardless, I would have made the decision anyways, maybe now, but I don't know. It just totally went on the, on the situation, but yeah, <laughs> I, I was there and, and I was actually genuinely worried at the time. We didn't know what it really was. It kind of sounded like it could be a death sentence. He's asthmatic. He's of a certain age. I was genuinely really scared. Like, I don't know if you could tell in that video, like I watched that video back, like my yes. brother, like who I'm really close with messaged me right away. He's like, call me right now. You look so scared in that video. And you, you know, I, I was genuinely like, 
what's going to happen? And the only reason that, that video out is because at the time there were so many like crazy rumors, like black people can't get COVID and da da da, and the Rona, like yeah. calling it all these crazy things. And he really just wanted to spread that awareness of like, look, this is going to affect us all. Like, let's be careful. This is a real thing. Like, it was su- it's such a conspiracy theory weird thing at the time. He just wanted to, you know, help maybe help someone out. And it's funny because it turned into like people looking at it for all the wrong reasons, maybe. Or it, it, it was just a funny thing. But I, I, I was scared. <laughs> I didn't know what was going through my mind. I like, let's just get through this together. But you know what? That 32 days that we had in that house in the middle of nowhere, Santa Fe, New Mexico, we got our lives. We made like TikTok videos. We were just eating Cheerios every day. <laughs> I was baking I bet, so look, much. I bet you got your life. <laughs> 32 days locked in a house with that man with no electricity. Girl, I would have cut the power and pretend that I was Amish. I would have been like, you can't do anything but hang out with this all day. I feel you. No, I'm not. I got nothing to say about that. (laughs) Quick fire. I'm so stupid. This is going to sound dumb. What do you call black people in Canada? Because, you know, here it's like, oh, my God, you can't say it black. You have to say African-American. And I'm like, but maybe a lot of people aren't African-American, but... What do you guys call black Ooh. people in Canada and in London? Black people. <laughs> Isn't it weird? <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. I get it. Because actually, you know, as Canadians, we just call each other Canadian. So we, we yeah. kind of almost sometimes forget the fact that, you know, there's there's such a sort of um, like a, a fire going on in the States about, about these kind of things. And rightfully so, because there are struggles there that maybe Canadians can't speak to as much, although Canada has a mess of its own problems. But yeah, like, you know, that's not something that I actually thought too much about growing up. I thought of myself as a Canadian, a Somali Canadian. The people, it was like, you're Canadian, you're Italian Canadian. Like, you know, we just all kind of, it's a beautiful mosaic as opposed to like the melting pot maybe that is America. Yeah, Canadians, I feel like have a little bit of a different mentality. And I hope I can speak for other Canadians when I say that. Y'all must have been looking at us during this pandemic like, ooh, that meth lab of an apartment called America is a mess, girl. Like, ooh. (laughs) Like, I, when all the Brazilians started going back to Brazil and like my Canadian friends would call and be like, Ooh, how is everything? And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> definitely. There are a lot of problems. I think America's a, be- a beautiful uh, country. Like, you know, I'm not trying to hate on a, on a country that has so many different beautiful things about it, but there's definitely a problem. There. It's a problem that people recognize and can feel globally. It might not be as uh, prevalent in Canada, but that, you know, we've still, I still experience racism in my life as a black woman, as a, as a Muslim. So, you know, problems that we can feel internationally. And one of the reasons that me and Idris did the Louboutin collection with Christian, the walk a mile in my shoes is because we wanted to, you know, highlight that these injustices are felt everywhere. hundred percent of the proceeds of those shoes yeah go to these five organizations that we handpicked that fight systematic injustices and underprivileged youth. And it, we realize it's a global problem. So those charities were picked with a global mandate. You know, so, wow. um, you know, America has its own, its own set of issues. And I want to see justice. I think we just all want to see justice. I'm so tired of it, you know? Amen. I'm trying to see justice and a Canadian passport. Because mm-hmm. if this lockdown ever happens again, girl, I'm going to climb these maple trees in Toronto. You got an invite. Come to Vancouver. Come to Vancouver. Oh my God. So nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. (laughs) Find me a man in Johannesburg, girl. Find me a man in Johannesburg. I'm looking. (laughs) Older white gent, let me know. Older white gent. All right. All right. I I heard it. I heard it. He's got his taxes. Switching it out. 
For more of Sabrina, don't forget to check out Coupledom with Idris and Sabrina Elba on Audible Podcast. It is amazing. It's one of their best originals. Check it out today. And don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Tell all your friends about it. Hit me up on Instagram at Justin A. Sylvester. And as usual, we will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Just the Sip. Just the Sip.